1: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today I'm joined by Adam Jones, Sam Carroll, and Chris Beebe as we chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park. And of course, the Rafa Benitez era officially kick-started on Monday. The players are back, or at least some of the players are back at Finch And We'll discuss why not everybody is back for pre-season training as of yet. So we'll discuss the players who may be trying to catch the manager's eye and salvage their Everton careers. We'll also be talking about Moyes Key, some interesting developments on the Italian striker this week. There's also up for discussion Richarlison, who looks like he will miss the start of Everton's season. And we'll, of course, the big off-field news, of course, since we last podded, is that Everton have confirmed to date when they will start Working at Bramley Moor Dock, but uh, Adam, start with you. The players came back, Um, but as I mentioned at the top there, not everybody we would have expected to be back is back. Um, Can you give us a a rundown of the players who aren't back yet and why some uh, will be sort of drip feeding their returns to uh, to the training ground?
2: Yeah, so Alan, Abdelai, Decore, Moise Keane, and Bernard are the four players at the minute who haven't returned to Finch Farm yet. They've been given. Some individual sessions to complete at home by Everton because they're currently quarantining. They've come back over the summer from countries that require still an isolation period, thanks to the current regulations. So they're still working from home at the minute and uh, just completing individual programs. We're expecting them to be, as you say, drift-fed back into the uh, back into the squad at Finch Farm over the coming days. We were told. So uh, fingers crossed, we can look out by you know mid next week, uh, late next week, they'll all be. They'll always all be back at Finch Farm and ready to go for pre season
1: fully. I mean, I mean, look, you know, my initial reaction when you when you um, told me that yesterday, my initial reaction was, well, these players were warned to keep abreast of the things, and look, and I appreciate there might have been some leeway with players maybe having not seen family on another side of the world for quite a while and stuff, but it did. It my initial reaction was that's not a great look, not a great way to start. uh, You know. A new era in inverted commas if you like under a
2: new manager and you and you haven't stuck yourself in quarantine <laughs> well 100 isn't it like I, I'm, I'm i put the story out yesterday and i had a lot of fans replying to me saying oh well why didn't they just come back earlier Then, which you know it, it does it does strike me as a little bit of common sense <laughs> doesn't it if you know you're going to have to quarantine coming back from uh, these respective countries then maybe you should come back earlier but you know as, as you say we don't know personal situations that that all these players have been through maybe the way of visiting family and you know just circumstances arose that they just couldn't get back uh until until a certain time so we're not sure but yeah it's, it's not it's, it's not not the best way to to start like, under a new manager as you say but hopefully you know the first preseason game for example isn't until the 25th of july is it so you know Current, the, the,
1: currently we probably should currently, that. yeah currently, so
2: yeah. The, the you know you'd expect them to well be Back and fit and and to go for that for that first preseason game anyway. So hopefully it's not going to cause too much of a disruption for their preparations for the start of the season at least. Sam, I'm sure
1: everybody or most people listening to this pod will have looked at the images that were put out on Monday and, and yesterday. Um, other than um, Marcel Brands looking like he's been on the treadmill a bit, um, and what, what sort of Smash caught the- your eye? <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, what caught your eye from from the images you saw? And, and I guess the, the other question is. Of the players who you saw back, um, who, who do you say or who do you think's got the most to kind of prove to to Benitez?
0: First of all, it was just mad seeing Rafa in his Everton gear, wasn't it? Talking to talking to Duncan, that was a surreal image that uh, will, will take some getting used to. And even the, there was a picture of kind of Rafa uh, walking into the building with Gilfie Sigurdsson. And I was just kind of thinking, what a great one-liner it would have been if Rafa just went to him bet you didn't expect to see me here, did you? <laughs> you know, imagine when they left the training ground for the last time at the end of last season saying when they went back, you know, it was just so unexpected the way in which uh, Ancelotti left. I think the one thing that struck me from the pictures is just, and not to have started on a, on a negative, but just how much dead wood and there is in that squad and, and how many players that uh, as a fan, you know, who's had a season ticket with me mum and dad since I was like seven, eight, there's just, so many players in that squad that I don't associate with as an Evertonian that I don't think are, I know you can't say they're not proper Everton players, but they've just not really given us what what we want, and I'd say there's five or six senior players, you know, lads who were, who were playing first-team football last season who probably fall under that bracket, you know, even if you include people like, you know, Fabian Delph, we all, I think agreed at the time it was a good. It seemed like a savvy move, but it, it just hasn't worked out. And now you're kind of left with a player who has 12 months on what is probably a decent contract. And would anyone take that off our hands? I'd be surprised. We we might well be left with him. And then there's you know the, there's a kind of thing as well. What and it's happened over the last three, four, five seasons where every time these pre-season images come out, you're like, does he still play for us? You know, Benny Benninghami was in those pictures. Yeah you know <laughs> he, he's one who i think we need to make a decision on quite early then you've got lewis gibson what's going to happen with him another loan maybe jared branthwaite john joe kenny there's just all these faces that I, I cannot see uh featuring for us on a regular basis this season that uh, we need to sh- to ship out and you know even like hammers you look at hammers and you're like what what a footballer and so lucky to be able to watch one of the only people I think who got to watch him live in the flesh last season and and that was really good but would it be devastated if he left maybe not as long as we could replace him so I think now it's about just sorting out those futures and hopefully then in the next two or three weeks we, we start to see new faces new signings, and I think that's when people can start to get a little bit more behind Rafa when you know if we can make a few decent steps in the transfer market and start to build a team you know, that the people can associate with and, and really get behind. And, yeah, hopefully we're, we're, we're looking at those training pictures with a bit more of a smile on our face.
1: Bees, uh, who do you think, um, of the players who, who are back this week at least, who do you think will most see this as a fresh start for them? Or maybe hope it's a fresh start for them at least?
3: It <clears throat> sounds... A fresh start, I mean, how, how we actually look at it. And it, it in very much ways. I mean, a fresh start sounds like it's, it's a positive, doesn't it? It's, it's like a, a clean slate. But I think, as Sam's already alluded to, um, it's It's a pivotal moment, at least, with with um, James Rodriguez, isn't it? Because we all know this is a player who has been signed three times previously in his career by Carlo Ancelotti, very much... Ancelotti's man and the sort of the player who would, um, sort of get that, um, perhaps, um, indulge in is perhaps too strong a word, but you know, we would know what Hammers' strengths were and would, and would, uh, tailor a team
1: accordingly. Whereas, I think it's a fair, I think it's a fair, yeah. uh, Jack yeah. Chris, I think he, I think it yeah. was but not, and as you say, not, not, not to the detriment of the team necessarily all the time, but to get the best out of Hammers, he was indulged. Yes, sorry, yeah. carry on. No, go on. And
3: uh, whereas Rafa, who has also, you know, been been with him previously, I believe at, at Real Madrid, um, maybe let maybe less so. And we know even at the best of times, um, I mean, you, you'd see it as a potential strength of Rafa Benitez. It's more the tough love with Benitez. He's not a sort of uh, manager who the players are bosom buddies with, and you know, he, I don't know if he is so much, you know, the the, the arm round the shoulder. Whether we're talking actually physically or metaphorically, in that. Uh, he's very demanding of his players and the, the roles he, he requires from them. So it will be very interesting to see what happens with James Rodriguez. I mean, a lot of overseas outlets have been um, quite vocal in the you know talk of AC Milan wanting him or um, Mendes um, pushing him around Europe, trying to see what, what he can get and how that actually pans out with the reality of the situation and whether it is a fresh start of Benitez or whether they've privately said, you know that you know you if know, we get the right offering uh you can go i suppose he at least um looked the part didn't he went um, home early to south America to the Copa america which of course he didn't end up playing in with issues over his fitness so um some people were actually a bit surprised to see him back there on day one but he was there at least and you know they stopped for photographs and he with a young fan is at least he's he's going through the motions um publicly but it'd be very interesting you know all these coming weeks to see if there is a role for him at Everton, because, you know, he's such a talented player, but it's where does he
1: fit into this new um, regime? Mm. Ad, we'll stay with James, because he's such a big talking point. You know, given what we know about his relationship with Benitez at at Real Madrid, I think, you know, there's definitely some serious doubts over his Everton future, but it really does feel to me, and I don't know if you agree, Benitez has to be careful and play this quite cutely, because he doesn't want to be saying to James... right, you're not in my plans, you can go, but day one, and then ultimately the summer progresses and maybe targets aren't met, you know, we, we don't get the attacking players we need. And all of a sudden, Hames, you know, James could come quite conceivably be a big part of, of, of the squad um, come August.
2: 100% and I think, you know, even if even if Hames was to stay, I think one of the issues that Everton fans have got going into this summer is that Everton have, you know massively lack creativity especially over the second half of last season didn't we you know you give gilfie sigurdsson helped out a little bit Luca dean did his bit and obviously as you say james did his bit but you know aside from those three really where were where were Everton's chances you know consistently coming from you know we didn't really have wingers who were who were providing loads of crosses into the box for calvert lewin or you know creating chances for themselves or anything like that so i, I think it's i think it's an issue that I need to solve even even if Jamez Rodriguez was to stay so yeah if, if 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 Benitez is to come in and he and he does say like hypothetically to Jamez, yeah you you're not in my plans you can go he'd better have he better have plans to to replace him because you know if you take one of the back trio that I just mentioned out oh, you're left with essentially Gilfie Sigurdson and Luca Dean doing all of Everton's creativity and to be honest and you know the majority of that outside in sigurdsson's case particularly was coming from set pieces as well so it's 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 going to be really it's going to be a real struggle for Evan. you know from now up until maybe january if they if they were to move for someone in january if they went if they weren't able to add those sorts of creative players so you know realistically hammers does still you know he's still a key member of the squad isn't he you know i think there's a lot of fans who questioned uh, his input last season, you know, obviously he had a lot of games out through injury, and you know, maybe maybe some fans expected more from James Rodriguez. Personally, I think he he provided exactly what I thought he was going to provide. I think he was absolutely top quality, and as I say, he, he was one of the most creative players that we had. So it, it it's a re- it is going to be a really interesting situation if Everton can move, you know, I, I say quite early in the transfer market. We're already halfway through essentially at this point, aren't we? Thanks to Thanks to that managerial search, but let us say from this point on, if Everton can move quite quickly and secure some of those creative players, then maybe it offers a little bit of leeway in terms of James Rodriguez's future. If Mendes does want to take him somewhere else in Europe, you know, it it, it provides Everton with a little bit of a with a little bit of a barrier, then doesn't it, to actually allow him to do that? But you know, until that until that point happens, James Rodriguez remains a key member of the Everton squad because. Essentially, he's one of the only creative players we've got. So, yeah, I think he, I think he's completely spot on. Benitez does need to play this a little bit more cute than maybe we, maybe we had anticipated in these first few weeks, especially. Sam, it feels as though the um,
1: the sort of supporter feeling towards Hammers is mixed. I think, I think there's a bit of confliction, isn't there? I think they see a, a, a wonderful player who, who had. Really amazing moments last season, but frustrated, understandably, over his over his injury record. Do you think, or how much, or to what extent, do you think fan opinion might change when supporters actually get to see him? Say he's still at the club on August the seventh or uh, fourteenth. Sorry, when we, we play Southampton on the opening day of the season, he's in the team. Do you think? Do you think the supporter feeling will change when when they get to see him in the flesh?
0: I think so because the first uh... <clears> time. <throat> Excuse me, the first time I seen him play, I think it was the Crystal Palace game where, where Jaban made his is a uh, brief comeback and you know, it is a different it is a different beast watched on a telly. I, I remember just being in awe. I think at one point I was gonna try and climb down onto the pitch and just steal and just take him <laughs> on with me and, and try and get some of his kind of well, <laughs> Imagine us three living together, by the way. That'd be good. <laughs> that'd be um, you know, but just at the, the they say it all the time and, you know, you can think it's a bit of a cliche, but you do see it with him. You know, he's not the fastest lad in the world. He's not the strongest lad in the world. But his awareness and those pockets of space, he, he, he makes the game look easy. And it's, you know, for anyone who, you know, enjoys watching players like that, it's, it's hard not to be jealous um, of someone with his talent. And, and you know what? I think for as a lot of the stuff last season, you know, your usual Sam Allardyce, Richard Keyes type, characters who, who came out and said stuff about his work Great, I thought it was wrong I, I think in mm. 75% of games I thought he put the work in there, there was the odd couple where for whatever reason I, I don't think he was feeling it but what you know elite talent apart from your kind of Messies and Ronaldo's are I? every single game so as Adam said I was I, I thought he was pretty much par for the course if not a little bit better when he played it, it was just the injuries that was the the obvious downside and it, it, it does leave Rafa with a bit of a conundrum doesn't it because I think it's been well reported that the two didn't exactly see eye to eye at Real Madrid but right now what Adam's just said right now he's the best player in the Everton team he's the most creative player in the Everton team you know he's a high profile name who you know it's not just on the pitch where he's doing good stuff for Everton it's allowed them to kind of broaden the horizons in South America and places like that so difficult one and i think it might ultimately end up coming down to well it does ultimately come down to him and rafa doesn't it if if Hammers doesn't want to stay I, I don't i don't see the point in standing in his way especially you know if if teams are interested and if rafa doesn't see him as part of his plans then you've got to trust the new manager but i, I do think it would be a risk unless they've got someone lined up who, who him and marcel brand are in agreement on but it, it's not just it's not just that you know he if if we if Hammers did go, I still think we probably need two players for that position because you know Sigurdsson quite similar physically to Hammers. You know, I I do think, and I said it a few times last season, that team is crying out for dynamic players, for fast players, for a bit of aggression in there. People who can carry the ball forward. The amount of times last season, it just felt like we were playing the same midfielder. You know, in, in the in the two or three, I think. De Coley and Allen can give you the base. To Coley and Davies, Allen and Davies, whoever it is, uh, can give you that base. But you need someone ahead of them who's going to take the ball and carry it on. Unless you know you've got the the best wide players in the world, which which we don't. So it, it's so difficult at the moment. I do think that the Euros have shown that in Jordan Pickford, if he stays, if he can keep this consistency, you, you've got a goalkeeper with world class potential. Ben Godfrey. I'd put in the same bracket. I'd say Dean, you know, isn't far off his prime. You know, a, a top operator at left back. So I think defensively we're pretty covered and I think that might be the only saving grace this summer. That I know we're getting linked with new centre-backs like Ben White and Kalidou Koulibaly every other day, but I do think Brands and Benitez this summer have got to get that winger. A winger, two wingers, a centre-mid, two centre-mids and, and I'd be happy with with that transfer window maybe even a striker too but offensively we are really really short and, and that's what massively worries me going into the the new season we can't have any more repeats of you know getting beat 1-0 at home by Sheffield United getting beat 1-0 at home by West Ham 2-0 by Newcastle lacking just that uh, cutting edge and as adam said we're halfway through the window now i think people would start to get restless if we don't see some new faces through the door in the next couple of weeks but I haven't said all that, we need a right back as well. It's just hit me, so like <laughs> <don't know. laughs> I've right. just talked myself into optimism and then right back
1: down the bottom. You just I know then you just talked yourself into signing about six or seven players, I? And <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I don't think anybody listening to this pod would disagree with you. I thought it was interesting as well that you mentioned there, Sam. Interesting. One of the first phone calls that Rafa made was to Pickford. I think that that to me was a very much a <clears throat> You are my number one. Don't have any ideas. You're having a great Euros, but you're going nowhere. Type of conversation. Um, Chris, we just just one last one on Hammers. Um, mm. How do you how do you see it playing out when when we pod on the first of September <laughs> after the windows closed? Will Hammers still be an Everton player? I certainly wouldn't be putting a mortgage on it. No, um,
3: <laughs> I, we we didn't think um, um, Ancelotti would be going, wouldn't we? We saw what happened with that. So, given all that, the 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 moving and shaking we've heard already over Hammers. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be overly confident. It's a weird dynamic, isn't it? The same as the whole Ancelotti tenure. Now looking back on it, as you know, as it will be chronicled in in the future, um, almost entirely um, in the lockdown period in, in empty stadiums. And, and I think we're talking about how will Evertonians take to Hammers. Well, how will ever, I will Hammers himself take to to the Evertonians because. He's, he's still not played in front of, uh, you know, fans at, at Goodison Park. And I think that could be a, a huge thing. You know, the famous quote Allen Ball, you know, once Everton's touched, nothing's the same. But he hasn't been touched by Everton yet because he's just played in, in empty stadiums at, at Goodison Park for a season. So, I mean, it may well change you. He is still at the club, like you say, on the 14th of August and the kick-off against Southampton. And he, and he gets the Goodison matchday experience for the first time. You never know. That might even sort of, he said, Whoa, these are you know a, a passionate bunch of supporters. I you know I've played in front of huge crowds at Real Madrid, um, Bayern Munich, but you know, this this is a, something special, this is something quite unique. You never know whether that might even end up playing a part. Perhaps it sounds romantic or idealistic, but he hasn't had the Everton experience as of yet, so maybe that could um play a part. But no, um, it, it, it given the past record with, with Rafa Benitez and you know, the, these. Murmurings that we are hearing, yeah, I, I, I certainly would. I, I wouldn't be getting it on the back of my replica shirt just yet. Anyway,
1: it, it will be another crazy footnote in Everton's history, won't it? If a talent like Hammers ultimately leaves the club without having played in front of uh, any supporters, but maybe, uh, maybe we need to go and buy some uh, Echo Falls in bulk and <laughs> convince him, um, Adam, the future of another forward player as. Uh, that's well, never seemed to be out the news, but very much at the front of uh, Blues News this week. Moyes Keane, uh, just bring us up to speed with where the club are at uh, amid a lot of talk and a lot of noise um, about, about the striker.
2: Yeah, as you say, like the, the reports about Moyes Keane have been essentially never-ending since uh, about mid-May, haven't they, when, uh, when uh, PSG's league end-season came to an end. But recent reports have suggested that... Uh, uh, Everton would be interested in loaning back uh, Moyes Keane uh, to, to PSG for another season. Maybe the, they were in talks uh, with PSG over a, a deal such as that. But uh, as we understand it, that's not the case at all. Everton won't be t- entertaining another loan offer for Moyes Keane, which I think is you know good news for all Everton fans to hear, to be honest. Because I think, as a lot of Everton fans have been saying over the last few weeks, a loan just wouldn't really make sense at this point, would it? You know, Moyes Keane's stock is extremely high at the minute so i think it just comes down to a decision for everton you know if the if the right permanence offer comes in that they could that they can't refuse surely they're going to be making a profit on that you know they've got a way up whether that's uh, going to be something that interests them or whether you know the perhaps bring moise scheme back into the fold and you know maybe rafa benitez has a as a place for them in this system you know it, it's it's an interesting one isn't it because my scheme wasn't playing through the middle throughout of, Throughout his time at PSG, he was lining up on the wing at times. If Rafa Benitez is going to play with wingers again, is is there going to be a space for Moise keen to to maybe start a few games and you know potentially work his way into the side? Then you know, obviously the player himself is going to going to want the bright lights and the Champions League of PSG still, isn't he? But you know, if, if Rafa wants to try and convince him, I think that, that the door could be could still be open for that. So it's it's a. Uh, it's, it's another just a, a re, another really really interesting transfer decision that Benitez has got to make quite early on in his Everton tenure,
1: isn't it? Mm. Sam, again, uh, just ask ask bees. You know his gut feeling on Hammers and and, and will he still be an Everton player come uh, come the close of the window at the end of August? Uh, what about Moyes Keane? What, what do you think will happen ultimately to Moyes?
0: My gut feeling is that he will go. I just think that he's obviously a, a driven young man, whether that's him or, or the people who represent him, you know, but he, he left his boyhood club Juventus at a young age to, you know, t- he took a chance at Everton, didn't he? We, we weren't a Champions League club, we weren't even a, a Europa League club when, when he swapped Juventus for, for Goodison Park and, you know, I think he, he put that message on his Instagram at the end of last season, hope to see you again or see you next season. Mm. Uh so for that reason, I think that he will go because he'll want it, and I just don't think there would be any point keeping a young lad who didn't want to be there, uh, unless, as Adam says, Rafa works some serious magic or says, you know, look, you're going to play most games, what? Well, just give it a try. But I'm glad that Everton have kind of, you know, made the decision early to to say, you know, there's no point in, in my mind sending them out on loan again, it, it just appreciates the the value of him over another 12 months you know and on okay he could go and score 40 goals next season on loan and then you could maybe ask for more money but at the same time he could go and, uh, and flop I think that we paid what 25 27 million for him two years ago he scored a lot of goals in, in League 1 if PSG won he can have him but they've got to pay the money for him 40-45 million I think for a lad who could still have the potential to be a world beater could still have the potential to go back to Juventus to play for a big club in Spain, a big club in the Premier League, even one day. it, it Maybe if he's honed a little bit more. So I, I wouldn't be... I'd be disappointed in the way it's worked out on a whole because I can still remember that day we signed him and it just felt so exciting that Marcel Brands had signed us, a lad who you know, seemed to be a, a first-teamer at Juventus, seemed to be someone who, who they rated highly. There was no buyback clause, there was no, nothing like that. Um, so I'll be disappointed like that, but I, I still think from what I've seen of them, from what I've seen of them at PSG at times, I, I wouldn't lose too much sleep if we if we made a decent profit. Because again, you know, we've got to remember the financial fair play. How many players have ever made a profit on in the last five or ten years? Not a lot spring to mind. We've sold a lot of players on free transfers who we signed for big money or big wages. So I, I don't think that kind of money could be sniffed at uh, this summer if the player wants to go. Um,
1: Carlo Ancelotti's message before he left the club um, was that he didn't want to keep unhappy players and, he, mm. and we asked him directly in that regard about Moise Keane and so the message <clears throat> was, if he's not happy and doesn't want to be here, let's, let's sell you. You mentioned earlier, Rafa is more a, a, a tough love manager. Mm. Could, you, could you see a situation <laughs> where he would actually go, I know you're not happy and I know you want to go to PSG, but you stay staying. Yeah, in very really.
3: why, why? not? You know, he's, he's Everton's player. He's contracted. I don't know how um, effective that would necessarily be because uh, I think Moyes Keane could have a, a, a that sort of personality where he might he might sulk, um, just seem a, a moody young man at, at, at times. So, yeah, it, it, if, Rafa, if Rafa thought that that was you no know, the best option for Everton, of course, of course, he he could do that. And I don't think that Everton should be held to ransom by PSG, you know, at the end of the day, we're talking about the world's richest club here. I mean, they they play these, me and Sam both like to refer to them as petrodollar fueled PSG whenever we do an article on them and and the the echo, and they they are, you know, they've got riches beyond what many other clubs could even um, dream about. So some of them to be messing about and saying to Evan, oh, we'll take me on loan again. I just think they're taking the mickey, basically. I know that they've obviously got FFP restrictions themselves. It's the whole Mbappe thing. Um, I mean, our colleague Theo Squire's done a piece this week. I mean, we don't like these headlines from from an Everton point of view. How how Rafa could help um, Mbappe come to Anfield. Because ultimately, if um, PSG are trying to hold back a a permanent deal for a year until um, Mbappe's contract's up and then sign Keane next summer, I mean, that might be the game they're trying to be playing. But yeah, they've... It, you know, it's Everton will hold the card. He, he's their player, so you either pay pay up, pay the proper fee, and that would be, like we say, a profit on the £27 million, 25 million whatever they paid on him. Certainly, you'd be expecting more than that. So either PSG pay up, or he can go somewhere else. Somebody else can pay pay the amount. I um, don't want another a loan for, uh, at all. So if 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 no permanent offer is coming, he's got no other um, choice in my book. That he's, he's
1: got to come back. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Speaking of young forwards, who Everton are keen to, uh, well, in this regard, certainly keen to keep but mindful of uh, his emotions and and what have you, Adam. Um, I think maybe to the surprise of a lot of supporters, Everton have relented and agreed that Richarlison can can go and play in the Olympics, which, as we all know, puts his um inclusion for the start of the premier league season very much at risk if not almost certainly he will miss at least the opening game um were you were you surprised
2: to for, to hear that news this week? I was a little bit to be honest because Richarlison, Allison if i have I've said a few times over the last couple of years rich Allison somebody you you know he obviously loves just playing football doesn't he you know he's a, he's a young lad who is doing. He's doing what he's always wanted to do since he was growing up just playing playing football at the highest level so you can understand that he wants to take part in every single tournament and you know play in every single game that he that he possibly can but because of that over the last few years he's not really had much of a break at all apart from the enforced break that we had during that coronavirus period and i wouldn't really count that as a proper rest if i'm honest Uh, that's that's really been the only break that he's had because he's been involved in like copper america tournaments he's obviously at the copper america now isn't he and he's going to be going essentially straight from there to japan to take part in the olympics this summer so i think that that would be my main overriding concern about them is that it's he's had almost three years of consecutive football and obviously for a a young lads he's got he's got the physical attributes that mean he can probably Cope with that uh, for the time being, but you know you do when it's going to be such a such a packed Premier League season next season. Obviously, we're hoping to be involved uh, as long as possible in as many cup competitions as possible as well. We want we want to have you know about fifty matches, let's say next season. You know, is 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 that going to then take its toll on Richardson uh, at some point through throughout the campaign? Maybe when we get to the Christmas period when we've got game after game after game. Is he going to be able to take part in all of them? I think that's that's the main question that that would sit with me. I mean, as I say, it, it's it's nice that the player has got what he wants in this sense because I think it, it it was a very it was a very interesting conundrum that Everton were left with really because you know Richarlison, he's a player that you that you want to keep happy, isn't he? You know, he, he is one of Everton's best players, and you don't want him to be. Playing those first few games of the season, disappointed. At least if he gets to go to the Olympics, I think the Olympic finals on August the seventh, isn't it? Uh, so perhaps maybe at the start of September he'd be available. Maybe maybe for that last game in August, like pushing it uh, for the away game to Brighton, I think it is. It'd be it'd be pushing it for that last game, but you'd probably be looking at the start of September that he'd be that he'd be back. He's he's missing three matches. So, if, in my head, if, Ever- if Everton can't deal with Richarlison for for three match without Richarlison sorry, for three matches, then there's there's a much wider issue there, really, isn't there? Especially when we've got a transfer window coming up, we want to be signing these, as Sam said before, dynamic, you know, attacking players. If one of them can't step up for the first three games of the season and do a job for us, especially when we've been handed, you know, what in inverted commas, a favourable start. To the season, you know, it's it's probably a, a best case scenario that we could have possibly had for Richarlison to go and take part in this tournament. But if, if the decision was down to me, I probably wouldn't have let him go. To be honest, but he's, the decision seems to be made now. Richarlison's going to be happy about it. So uh, let's let's just hope that he can come back and and give us all for Everton.
1: So I think the question is from what Adam said. Then something that I just that sprung to mind there was. You know, I've been saying, you know, if there could be something wrong, if we can't cope without Richarlison for the first couple of games or whatever. But ultimately, the first couple of games come before the transfer window shut. Everton, you know, traditionally have, have often done business late. It's even more likely this summer because the new managers come in and the Euros has, has, has delayed. A lot of a lot of business. I mean, conceivably, the players, the players, the wide players, the attacking players at Rafa Benitez. Wants to sign, may not be at the club, you know, for the opening game this season. So we could be down a Richarlison and still, still awaiting the arrival of, of the cavalry, so to speak.
0: Yeah, it's a, it, it, it could, it could be a tough one. I still think that with the, you know, the, the silver line to it all is that the opening fixtures that we've got. Regardless of who, who those teams that were playing sign still and whether we have Richarlison or not, we should still be good enough on paper to beat them. But obviously you don't know and it, it will be difficult. I think we're lucky with Richarlison that touch wood, he, he doesn't usually uh, pick up too many injuries. Could he get out? Hopefully because he's, he's young and, and passionate enough, he, he will just keep going and you know my hope with it is that now that we've kind of relented a little bit and said okay you know you win do what you want to do go and go and play I'd like to see him have a good one enjoy it get some goals and and come back with confidence and come back with that smile on his face that I think we were we were missing towards the end of last season you know I've got no doubts that Everton you know Marcel Brands and Carlo Ancelotti will have been drawing targets up together can I see there being too much of a massive difference in opinion with Rafa Benitez, not, not largely, no. I, I'd like to think that but, uh, Brands' voice might even count for a little bit more with, with Rafa Benitez. And, you know, OK, every manager will have one or two players that they might want, uh, as Benitez probably does. Hopefully they can meet in the middle uh, with some of them again. You know, you look at the window we had last last season, you know, you, you would assume, you know, your, your Allen and your hammers were Ancelotti signings and Decore and Brand, uh, Godfrey were... Were more brand signing. so if we can re- if we can reach that mix again and bring in you know a forward player who can hopefully provide better cover for Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin than they had last season, then I still think it can work out all right. But I also hope that Richarlison kind of respects whatever. And you know. I know he loves the club and he's brilliant at interacting with the fans, but you know as I said, it was fr- I think one of the reasons fans got frustrated with him at times last season was because. You know, we, we were watching, you know, every single game was broadcast live and, you know, I don't think I ever seen him crack a smile even when he was scoring goals and that's not the Richarlison uh, we were used to. So, I hope that he can kind of understand that, you know, Everton have stuck the next out for him a little bit to, to let him go and play for Brazil this summer and hopefully he comes back and, and repays us with the Richarlison we all know and love who who covers every blade of grass and scores important goals and makes important goals, so... Yeah, I, I think it will hopefully all work out with Richarlison and, you know, because of what he's done for Everton since he joined, you know, how much pressure was on really young shoulders. You know, there was all that stupidity of, you know, Paul Mason and, and and blowing it totally out of proportion when he signed and he, he dealt with all that so well. And I, I really hope he can uh, rediscover the height and it'll be interesting as well, you know, does Benita see him as a, a wide player, does Benita see him as a, a two with Calvert-Lewin, as Ancelotti had in the Times last season. So I think it'll be really interesting to see when he does come back, when he's ready to, to start over again, with Everton where he features next season.
1: Chris, um, it's clearly a decision that, 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 that Rafa had to give his his say-so uh, to, and and obviously the club would not have agreed for Richarlison to play in the Olympics without Benitez's agreeing to it. We've spoken a couple of occasions in this pod about the tough love of Benitez and how he might differ from Ancelotti, but actually, mm-hmm. it did strike me as 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 Rafa almost saying, "I value you so much that I'm willing to to forgo you know forgo you being in this in the team for the first couple of games. You know that's how how important you are to the team that I'm willing to grant you this this wish."
3: Yeah, I mean, if we look at it, I think Richarlison is Everton's most valuable asset, isn't he? If you think if you were looking at, obviously, you don't want to sell your best players, but. You looked at the Everton squad list. Who would command the largest price to get them out of the club? I think it would probably be Rashardson. So you know he's the, in, in that respect as as important as anyone in in the squad. And yeah, like you say, um, Benitez. This is this is the same Rafa Benitez who once fell out with Xabi Alonso for not allowing him to attend the, the birth of his child. So you know he he, he takes things seriously. And in, in that respect, maybe he's mellowed with age. Maybe he's become more understanding but yeah it's not a decision you'll have taken lightly it is it's not an ideal situation is it i mean copper america followed almost immediately by the olympics um i saw um, a piece this week it was showing about the uh the german team going to the olympics there's a little animation they've done as a squad but i correct me if i'm wrong i don't think there was a single player possibly from the germany euro squad who was in the um, squad that's going to the olympics now and that's obviously not the case with the the um, the crossover, the Copper America, and the Olympics. I think the South Americans do tend to, certainly with Brazil, treat it a little bit more seriously. That that quest for the gold medal, and maybe we have to respect um, Richardson as a Brazilian doing that. I remember when the Olympics were here uh, in London, twenty twelve, a young Neymar was in the squad. You know, they they try and wheel out the big guns for this one. So whereas some of the other nations would probably go with the the younger, lesser known less tried players for for Brazil. It is it's it is still a real big thing. But yeah, if, if for obviously Benitez would have entirely been consulted on this, and yeah, it was a big call for him to make. So he, he I hope, to, like we say, keep keep the player happy. I mean, I mean, it's only speculation coming from overseas. But the Daily Mail have carried an article today where they've even talked about Carlo Ancelotti. Put, Bringing up Rashardson and uh, potentially talking about moves to Real Madrid, which you know, all sound, oh, sounds a bit up. just oh, concerned. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's obviously a charm offensive from Everton's point of view. They want to keep the the, the player happy, and um, they don't want to have any unnecessary, you know, getting You know, as we all know, the Benitez era is is going to be. Uh, he's got he's got a lot of people to win over from the very start. Um, at Everton, so he, the, the last thing he wants to do is be picking a, a fight with, um, like I say, the, the most valuable asset within his own squad. So yeah, he's trying to keep Rashardson on the side, and hopefully it's a calculated decision, like we say, like the lads have said, to to bring the best out of him and, and
1: keep him happy at Everton. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Uh, final part of today's poll before we uh, finish off the field, July the twenty sixth. Everton will take full possession of the site of Bramley Moor Dock. And immediately start work um on well, not quite on the stadium ad, but start the work that will lead to the stadium. But th- for all intents and purposes, it's a spade in the
2: ground. Uh, just under three weeks time, hundred percent. Yeah, spade in the spade in the dot. Like, ho- hose in the dot. How did he get get the water <laughs> out of that dot? <laughs> water taxi. <laughs> just, <laughs> water taxi. <laughs> <his boy tank. laughs> get us all down there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a massive day, isn't it? You know, it, it's 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 a day that we've been waiting for for well, good, however, however many years. It, like I think poetically enough, it comes uh, two years and a day since Dan Mike Mice finally revealed his plans to that room full of expect, expectant Everton fans in the Titanic Hotel uh, in 2019. Uh, so it, it's going to be a really Big occasion, isn't it? And it's going to be. It 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 just makes you think about the next few years and that that stadium kind of growing out of the dock over the next few years. And you know, fans, I'm sure, will take (laughs) countless detours down driving down the dock road to try and get the latest updates and you know, see see the stadium just kind of rise up from from the River Mersey almost. And it's it's it it is really historic, isn't it? Because this is Everton's first new home since 1892. It's 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 it, 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 this isn't even a generational moment. This is like a multi generational moment. Really, I think we're we're all very very lucky that we're actually going to see this take place over the next few years. So to for Everton to finally get get there and get the as you say get the spades in the ground after what seems like you know obviously because of the the pandemic and because of the delays that we've had through council and get like finally getting the plan and permission fully fully through you know it, it does feel like it's been uh delayed quite a bit longer than we perhaps might have perhaps might have anticipated or perhaps would have liked but you know to when they when those like bramley Moor gates finally open and you know fans can finally see the work taking place on that site i think it's gonna you know, there's, there's been there's been a lot of, my dad included, a lot of cynical Everton fans yeah. over the last couple of years saying, "I won't believe it until I see it." Well, the people are finally going to be able to uh, to see it very soon, which is going to be really really good.
1: So, I mean, we live and breathe it as as a lot of people do, of course. who listen to this podcast, but obviously, you know, for, for, for our line of work, we live and breathe it, don't we? Especially a bit a bit more, if you like. But so it's easy it's easy to almost become Blase about this because it's, we've we've all been so confident it was going to happen, and you know we were never really in any doubt from quite a, quite a way back in the process at Bramley Moor. Doct- the club was set on it, but I think as as the chairman said in the club statement, it will be a momentous day for the football club, won't it?
0: Yeah, and. Um- I think it's going to be amazing to kind of, as you've said there, I think the thing in my head is that you, you become a little bit complacent about it, like, in it's, it's just weird, isn't it? When you are kind of seeing this new stadium is getting built, but now hopefully over the next few months, you're going to, well, 12 months, 18 months, whatever it is, you, you're going to, for when we drive down there, walk down there, whatever it is, you, you're going to see the stadium coming, coming out of the dock. And it's, it's just going to be amazing to see, isn't it? And, I think that'll also make the Goodison countdown uh, feel a lot more real as well, you know, especially as Bramley Moore gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, the, the prospect of moving looms larger. You know, hopefully we, we've we now seen the back of uh, coronavirus and, and empty stadiums because, you know, it'd be devastating to lose any more occasions to get everyone inside of Goodison. So, yeah, it, it's going to be historic. It's going to be so strange to, to not, go and watch Everton at Goodison Park. It it really will take some getting used to. But, you know, hopefully, we've, we've said this a lot, haven't we, since David Money's left, since, you know, Martinez, Erz, Koeman, whoever it's been, but since the new stadium has, has been kind of in the pipeline, we, we've just wanted to get our kind of affairs on the pitch sorted. And, you know, I, I know there's been kind of a lot of talk about Rafa, but hopefully now, you know, his contract is a three-year contract. Hopefully he's the man to to build a team, to, to take us into Europe, to to start off that new that new season when we finally move into Bramley Moor. with a you know, imagine that, bringing European football there for the first season. So a long time off, but very, very exciting now. Each update just gets better and better. You know, it's great to see, you know, some of the ideas they're having around it. It's great to see the detail Everton have gone into with it. It's great to see the kind of approval it, it's got from, you know, the City of Liverpool, the Premier League, all these different figures. And it's going to be a really proud moment for every Evertonian, isn't it, to have one of the kind of leading stadiums in in England when it's built.
1: Chris, um, f- final word to you before before we finish. And you were one of the first people, if not the first person I recall, saying or <clears throat> or having read what you, you you'd written mm-hmm. that that the new stadium would be Farhad Mashiri's legacy, and yeah. it's Farhad Mashiri's money and in the injection of cash he's putting up into the stadium, which is funding the first part of these works. And, and it does feel like, as I said, it, it feels that on the July 26th, it will be a hugely historic day for the football club.
3: Yeah. As you, as you say, it, it, it's ultimately his it's money, which is making this a reality. Um with, with no, um, with no Dave Prentice or Gavin Buckland today, I am the the elder statesman on, on today's <laughs> podcast. And I had to remember that uh, in the early noughties, um, Probably the most popular previous attempt for Everton to move stadium was uh, was the King's Dock um, project in, in the early '90s. Obviously, your Johnson's unspecified Superdome, which you know could have been Kirby Golf Course or Cronton. Who knows? You know, fans voted for it though. Kirby, obviously, destination Kirby was uh, controversial. Walton Hall Park was close to Goodison Park, but never really got off the ground. So, King's Dock was a, a previous opportunity to have a waterfront stadium on the banks. At the Mersey, and um, I think it was something like Everton's failure to um, to put up a, a, around thirty million. You know what you'd, you'd spend for a, a sort of average first team player in his prime now. Um, so it, whatever those those figures were at the time, it was a very small amount in obviously what we're taught now, um, almost two decades later. And um, that was seen as the, the, a missed opportunity of a lifetime for Everton. Um, obviously, that became the Echo Arena. It was built there. A fine indoor arena for for the city but you know evertonians felt that they they've missed that opportunity to have a stadium as part of the city's iconic skyline and as much as i'm sure that would have been a fine stadium it's not going to compare to this one which is going to be built now it's almost like evertonians have endured so much pain for so long over this it will be the best thing to come to those who wait because with Mises team and obviously the iconic design with the, the combination of the brickwork um, sympathetic to the dock surrounding combined with the modern glass sort of um, finish on, on the the roof. It's going to be, it it will be, you know, a a truly iconic stadium and it's going to be different than those sort of identikit stadia, which were built, you know, a a generation ago when we had those first lot of new stadia. Like I said, people have have been doubting if, it, if it's even going to be built. Whether it's been our work colleagues, whether it's been fans, people like Adam's dad who wanted it to be built, or maybe people who didn't want it to be built. Um, people have doubted was it ever going to be getting off the ground. You know, Everton they do this, they do that. They they'll never get it done. People have said that and been been cynical. And again, some even Blues would go, "Oh, that's typical Everton. They won't do it." But yeah, mashiri had the vision and he's also um, at the means to to get this. Off the ground, I mean, we've all got question marks about his ability to pick managers and from a footballing point of view, but he's a hugely successful businessman. And from the business point of view, he's got this absolutely spot on. I mean, the the amount of checks, I mean, you know as much as anyone, Phil, that the the diligence that has gone through with a number of people at the club to making sure that, that, you know, that this got over the line. And as we've said already, it's not straightforward because you're building on the dock. So it will be a few more weeks few more months afterwards until you actually see that physical structure emerging in terms of the, the stands because you, you can't just build on a dock can you but um yeah they just just to, when that moment comes like i said to, to hand over the keys and um everton actually on the site from the, the 26th of july and we've also got to remember as, before we finish a couple of those major hurdles that's also been overcome in terms of the global pandemic for the first time in 130 years we've had top flight football without any fans that could have jeopardized the project And perhaps even more so, long term, European Super League. Those um, half a dozen clubs from England, a dozen across the continent, they were willing to just throw sport and integrity out the window. The rest of you can all wither and die. We'll go off and join our circus, and you're not invited. Could Everton have built a fifty-two thousand stadium to have a rump Premier League? You know, Everton battling it out against you know Newcastle or West Ham for the title. It would have been a serious doubt that could have jeopardized the project. But it's overcome those two big obstacles there. So for it to be handing over, like the keys said, twenty sixth of July to actually start the project, it's you know you can't underpin, you can't underestimate that. It's absolutely massive.
1: Well, what a tub thumping way to end the podcast. <laughs> that? <was brilliant. laughs> What's really got that? Yeah, really pleased. I, also, we need to check, but I take it they didn't find any uh, unexploded uh, <laughs> World War II devices they were looking for the other week. So, I'm,
2: I'm just hoping the bats are all right, Phil. I think <laughs> the bats are okay then. Then I'm yeah. fine. Yeah, I think they will.
1: Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll adopt one like uh, Crystal Palace have the eagle at start.
3: Bramley <laughs> 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 Uh
1: Good stuff, chaps. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed that. Thanks for your opinion and your insight. Thank you very much for listening. We'll will be back at some point next week. Uh, maybe we will have been able to digest uh, a Rafa Benitez press co- Rafa Benitez press mm. conference. We were expecting one this week, but I think maybe. We may have to wait until next, but we will see and keep you updated on that. Okay, thanks for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.